Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. It seems like so many times on this podcast, um, no matter what topic we start with, uh, in many cases, we wind ourselves back to talking about the importance of a sound estate plan, talk about why it's such a great value, how it impacts so many different things. And I've got a feeling that somehow we're going to wind up back there again today, at least venturing into that area, as we discuss uh, initially the concept of adding uh, your children to your bank accounts. Uh, as an adult, you've, you've got some kids, and for some reason you may want to do that. We'll find out if that is a good idea or not. Uh, Jim Mitchell back with you again, and uh, you know quite well that I won't venture into a topic like this on my own. Here to assist from Lavelle Law is attorney Brian Warrens. Brian Brian deals with issues like this on a daily basis, and I know he'll have a great deal to share with us. Uh, so, Brian, uh, pleasure to talk with you again. How are you doing today? Doing well, Jim. Doing well. Uh, appreciate you being here. Now, you know, it's funny. I think, you know, when our kids are young, we often open savings accounts for them. And, of course, you know, have our names on the account with them. Today we're going to take a look at the opposite situation, which is uh, being an adult and potentially adding your child's name uh, to that account. Uh, give me a view, you know, under what circumstances someone might be in if they consider making this move. So typically you, you find yourself in a situation where, where you might have older parents. You know, they're maybe in their, their 70s or 80s. They want someone to be on their accounts to be able to write checks when they can't do it, you know, if they're incapacitated um, to make their lives easier. Maybe, a, you know, a, a child offers to help, you know, keep finances organized. Um, and uh, to some extent, it's a, people do it as a rudimentary form of estate planning w- without kind of the documents. But, you know, this is, this is not, not a good idea for a few reasons. Yeah, well, we want to talk about those today, and I had a sense that's the the path we would be heading down. Um, your experience suggests that you know there could be problems with this. What what might some of the downfalls be? So, for one, if if a child is named as a you know just straight up as a joint owner on a bank account, it's it's that child's asset too. You know, it's it's as though the parent has has made a gift to the child, and, and people don't realize that or, or see it that way. Um, but it, it becomes their asset too. Um, they could, you know, entirely empty account for, you know, whatever reason. Um, it could be subject to that particular child, uh, creditors, court judgments. It's, it's, an ex- it, it makes it an exposed asset. Um, even if if the goal might be by putting you know a, a child on there to help out, or um, if upon the parent's death for that that asset to go to the child, you know there's there's certainly better ways to accomplish those goals. And uh, you mentioned obviously the risk of, uh, and, and you, you don't want to think this is going to happen, but we hear stories all the time of, of you know children taking those assets away from their parents unknowingly um, from the. From the younger person's point of view, does it also create some risk or potential liability for them to be in this situation? So it's it's um I, I see it less from the side of the, the child causing liability problems for the parents, but but certainly 
um, because it was originally the parent's asset and we're giving the child access to it, it it's the, the parent more that's assuming the risk because you're making an additional asset available um, to someone who it didn't belong to before. Yeah, and and I, I I used the term at the beginning. I talked about bank accounts. I maybe even said savings accounts. Just to be clear, as we go through our conversation, is, are we talking you know savings account, checking, perhaps CDs, money market accounts? This this would apply really to all all and any type of uh, financial account like that. Yeah, exactly right. Checking, savings, money market. Um, generally, you know your 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 liquid accounts, but it, it could also apply to um, investment accounts. Okay, so let's. There's there's a couple things, and you mentioned some of the reasons parents might want to do this. So let let's talk about one of them in particular first, which is, you know, they just want to make sure that there's someone else on the account to to write checks or to to help manage finances. Um, we're saying don't just put the name on there. That that's not the right thing. What what's a better way to go about that? If you if you have some concern as an older adult that you want to make sure your money is managed and you want some assistance, how should they go about it? Well, one way which I would still not say is the best way, but you know, could be appropriate, is adding the child as a as a signer or a signatory onto the account. That gives them the authority to um, sign checks and, and generally access an asset to an account without it becoming um, a, a child's asset as well. Um, there's still certainly the danger of um, you know the child maybe running wild with this this authority. Um, which is why um, you want to create some sort of obligation, some sort of legal relationship to make sure that, you know, maybe um, the parent's protected, even though, you know, you certainly never think that it's, it's your child that's going to do this, but I, I do see it happen a lot. You might do, some, you know, a power of attorney for property. Um, that, in my opinion, is, is the best way to um, have a child help out with an older parent's finances because it creates a fiduciary relationship between the parent and the child or whoever ends up being an agent under a power of attorney for property, and it creates a line of succession of people who can help the parent out and maybe not just the you know the the child is not not is is not the only person who could potentially help if if that child falls uh, away from being able to do the responsibility for whatever reason um there there are other people standing in the wings ready to help and um that that documentation the power of attorney in this case uh it, does that serve as well in a case in which the the parent then eventually dies um is um, it provide some security then as to what happens with the assets? Is that another reason, another situation that you want to have this in place? So, a power of attorney for property is a is a power that is only effective during the the parent's life. It doesn't really um, incorporate um, estate planning or you know what the parent wants to happen to the asset. Um, power of attorney for properties terminate upon the parent's death. So if if the idea is to provide um, some sort of documentation or, or plan for for where an asset should go upon death, um, a parent you know might put a child down as a um, payable on death beneficiary for that account, which you can commonly do for for savings and money market accounts, but um, that designation might not you know incorporate the the full extent of of the parents' wishes. They they may say you know this this child um, should not get the assets outright. You know we want to control the way the distributions are are kind of staggered to them. It might be 
one-third at a particular age, one-third at another, and the rest at, at a final age. And um, a simple payable on death um, beneficiary designation does not accomplish that. So we were, at that point, you know, Jim, we're getting into the realm of uh, wills and trusts. Yeah, and I was just going to say we're, we're starting to head down that path, which is what I anticipated. So really um, what we're starting to hear now is for this, like many other circumstances, uh, an estate plan uh, is, is what's needed. And, and why don't you give us just a, a quick review of, of what that means and, and how one gets put in place. So at the most most basic level, um, it's putting together um, a will. Um, if a, a parent has um, real estate, you know, we might do something called a, a transfer on death instrument, which is a way of attaching a beneficiary onto a home. Um, we would do a power of attorney for property and a power of attorney for health care. Um, if to the extent that, you know, there are more control a parent wants to put on assets and, you know, probate avoidance is, is a very important goal, we, we may consider doing um, a revocable trust in addition to those documents. Um, and, you know, the, the way to get that process started is, you know, just giving us a call and we're happy to meet for that free one-hour consultation. Yeah, and the, the us that you're hearing reference there is uh, is Lavelle Law. Brian Warrens is an attorney at Lavelle Law. He's my guest today in Chicago's Legal Latte, and he's part of the estate planning practice group at Lavelle Law, one of well, approximately 15 groups or so in the firm. And uh, Brian will stop by here from time to time to, to share information, which is always very much appreciated. And if you miss him, um, you can find our past conversations at LavelleLaw.com as well as Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. All of our uh, podcasts are archived, and um, certainly you can find those at your convenience and listen on your own schedule. But um, we always uh, uh, like to have the opportunity to, to chat with Brian when he's here. Um, you just mentioned something, Brian, that that comes to mind now, because if someone says, "Well, look, I, you know, I I want to make sure that this money is taken care of," and if they don't do things the right way, tell us what happens if someone passes away, no one else's name on, is on the account, and they don't have an estate plan of some sort. So if if it's the if we're in that situation, Jim, um, there's uh, default rules under Illinois law under what is known as the Probate Act that say what happens to someone's assets if you know it's just in their name and there's nowhere else for it to go. If um, a person has a, a a spouse and a few children. Um, it would be one half to the spouse and one half in equal shares among the children, which may not be what um, a particular person wanted. They may have wanted the assets to go all entirely to uh, to their their spouse first before it went to their children. But um, that that wish would be diverted in that in that sense. And so, really, a, an estate plan really covers two things: then what happens during their life if they need assistance in any way or what happens after they pass away. And, and the process is is fairly, uh, I don't want to say it's, it's simple, but it's not particularly complex. If they sit down, spend some time with you, they can kind of lay out, take a look at their assets. You can guide them through to make sure everything's covered and ultimately put together a, a document that, that lays that out. So really at the time of critical importance, things are already decided. That's that's exactly right. It, it's not as as onerous a process as as most people would think. It's, you know, you come in, meet with us. We we come up with a game plan. If 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 the game plan sounds good, 
we draft documents in, in about a, a two-week time period, and we send it along with a letter that sets, you know, explains and identifies um, everything that we talked about in the documents. And once uh, the client has had the chance to review the documents and everything looks good, we get together one more time to meet. Um, I'd find, on average, start to finish, um, it's maybe two meetings in, in a month-long process, at, at, you know, on average. Yeah, and that's that's the nice thing. People need to understand they they need not be too uh, overwhelmed by the process. Um, you know, Brian, we we always appreciate when you're here, and, and I want to make sure we're um, certainly getting as much information as we can. You've offered the uh, the free consultation. We'll pass more information along at the end here. Anything else that we should mention, people, about you know managing bank accounts, finances, and things like that as 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 people age and they want to make sure that um, children are involved the right way. Any final tips for us? Well, um, certainly you should, to the extent that you do incorporate um, planning into um, how your assets are used to take care of you and um, who you ultimately want them to pass to and how, um, it's it's important to reevaluate that from time to time. You know, look look at your existing estate plan documents. You know, maybe if, if there's a, a major life event, you know, there's 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 marriages, there's additional children being born, um, and unfortunately, if, if if people are no longer in in the picture in your life and are not able to to do the the job that you you might um, might set out for them and they have offered to do, so it, it's important to revisit your documents from time to time on top of just getting the plan in place in the first place. Well, and as um, we always like to try and do here, we will revisit the topic as well. But uh, certainly want to thank Brian Warrens for joining us today. Um, always appreciate his time and uh, uh, certainly look forward to having a chance to talk with him again. Now, for the rest of you, we uh, we will welcome you back every week here on Chicago's Legal Latte. Um, Brian, of course, as I said, with Lavelle Law, you can find him at LavelleLaw.com. And if you'd like to talk to him about this issue or anything related to uh, estate planning, 847-705-7555, you'll get uh, a prompt reply. And any time we can help you, feel free to send us uh, a question. We'll include it on a future discussion here as well. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.